Welcome back to Tribe Talk. This week, I'm joined by my longtime friend Jess, who is also known as the Clumsy Mum. She joins me for a chat all about motherhood and everything in between. During our chat, we're going to talk frankly about the realities of miscarriage, losing a baby, as well as raising a child as a single mum. Jess is now happily married with a six-year-old daughter and an 18-month-old son who's in the background, so you may be able to hear him throughout our interview, and all about Jess embracing the crazy times and sharing the perfectly imperfect every day on a platform that usually only shows everyone's highlight reel. You can find Jess on Instagram at Clumsy Mum. And as always, remember to subscribe, rate, and review Tribe Talk. Find me on Instagram at Healthy Balance with Emily and the podcast at Tribe Talk Podcast. But without further ado, here's Jess. Okay, so this week we actually have one of my old school friends. And I was trying to figure out how long we've known each other the other day. And I think it's something crazy, like 17 years. Don't be silly. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I think it's something a bit mental like that. Well, that is crazy. So you are officially now Mrs. Jessica Perry. I am indeed, yes. And uh, known as. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The artist formerly known as. (laughs) So yeah, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Can you tell everyone a little bit about you yeah well I am old we're so old (laughs) I have um I've got two kids I'm married I'm a wedding planner the the mum life the work life getting all the balls into yeah the balancing everything um I'm basically I'm probably the most disorganized person I am a wedding planner so it's not a great uh (laughs) great advert for, for what I do but in my home life, I am really, really disorganized. So basically, me and the kids just wing it every day. And so far, I mean, I've got a six-year-old, so <laughs> we've done pretty well. <laughs> we've managed to wing it for six years. So uh, I can't be doing too badly. You've got an Instagram account called Clumsy Mum. I have. Which I didn't actually realize you had until the other day. And oh, really? Gold. Yeah. <laughs> I think I must have just had your personal one and I'd never really noticed yeah. you had I, this other one but it's so, it was like, a bit I incognito myself. Well. <laughs> it's really incognito it's really sly <laughs> I wanted to like I kind of wanted to see how much it would grow from like people I didn't know first of all so mm. I thought if I just put it out there and see if I'm on anyone's wavelength because I might not be because mm. I'm a bit mental um sorry that's a small child (laughs) um so yeah I kind of just put it out there and I didn't want to um really let anybody know that it was me at first and then sort of the content just evolved and it just became a bit more about like it came a bit more personal about our lives so I think people just kind of Found out it was me. Sorry, you have to bear me two seconds. Currently got a broomstick. <laughs> and uh, he's blowing really down it. This podcast was actually <laughs> because that is gold. Harrison <laughs> is just sat on the sofa with, I have no idea what kind of broom. I don't know what you're going to do with it's that. It's like thing. a witch's broomstick. It's a like a play broomstick. broomstick. Right, okay. Yeah, but obviously... Yeah. 
You can't just be normal. Oh, it's the Teletubbies. Watch Teletubbies. Good boy. That's Parenting 101. Yeah. <laughs> Put the TV on. Teletubbies. <laughs> were, you, um, were you one of those parents that, like, before they became parents, you were like, I'm going to, oh. I'm, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to, you know, I'm never going to let my child watch the tablet while they're eating yeah. their dinner were you like one of those earth mother yeah oh, 100% earth mother I was like oh um what I, one of my the funniest one of the funniest things that I used to say that now I look back and I think god I was so naive is I used to say that I was going to listen to French all the time like French songs and <laughs> in my head I was like oh in the car I can listen to French audiobooks and then like um, Ivy will be bilingual then and she'll get to school and she'll be able to speak French and English and she'll be able to sing all these French songs and I don't think I, I don't think she's ever I don't think I've ever done that like <laughs> after like two days I was like no I'm not going to be one of those mums <laughs> I can't Telly really. <laughs> Telly is my best friend she's got a Kindle that she likes to play her games on and keep quiet for 10 minutes and yeah uh, nothing's organic anymore it started <laughs> off being organic it's not anymore it is, uh, I'm a convenience mum sometimes, but I do stay away from McDonald's, so, you know, not all bad. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Harry, Harry, uh, it, I think the thing is, he, he is the child that he can't sit still. So probably only in like the last two or three weeks, he's actually sat and watched telly. So I'm kind of embracing it and actually trying to get housework done for a change. Do you think that that's because he's a boy or do you think it's just second child kind of thing? Because my sister's got two girls and Sophia was always a very, like she's, she's, she still is. She's very studious. She's, she really focuses on things. Like she used to just sit there and organize her toys. Whereas Georgia came in and Georgia is like the whirlwind kind of crazy one with all the, I don't know. Yeah. I think it is, um, a lot of it is second child, I think. Um, but then a lot of people kept saying to me that the second one was usually calmer because they like, they don't have the, the chance to, you know, there's already one there that's taken the limelight. So they yeah. just kind of got to fit in. But it is, the boy girl thing is definitely apparent. Like they, they say, don't they, that you should let like boys play with girls toys and girls play with boys toys and all that kind of thing. And mm. like Harrison's got all the Barbies and everything there. Like he's got girls toys, but he doesn't want to play with them. Like he mm. is a boy. He, he wants to throw things. He wants to kick a football across my house. He wants to hit people. Like he's such a boy. Whereas yeah. Ivy just used to sit and she'd like build things and she'd like sit and be really calm and, she was just completely different. I think there is a lot of, uh, there's definitely differences. He's much more hyperactive. You cannot leave the room for 30 seconds because he's there. You can't go to the toilet because he's there waiting for you to get off. Do you listen to Shagged Married Annoyed podcast? Oh, I love it. Yeah, so yeah, good. Rosie Ramsey. Yeah, she's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. But they they were talking about how they sometimes like um, I think it was Chris Ramsey on one of the most recent episodes was talking about taking a cup of tea to the toilet with him because that's the only time that <laughs> possibly have a have a warm drink. A hot drink. Yeah. <laughs> have you it's found true, any, though. It's found true. any mum packs like that? See. 
I don't really drink hot drinks anymore. It's mainly like smoothies and things that can stay on the side for a while that I can just like sip. Or iced coffee is my best friend because I get my caffeine. Fun hacks. Mm, probably got loads. In regards to like sneaking away, I can't because he knows. Harry knows where I am at all times. Like everywhere I look, like I turn around and he's just there all the time. I can't do anything. He's either there or he's rifling through the food cupboards. Mm. Um, and obviously we, we did that thing where we bought all of the like safety door things that you put on yeah. and we did one. So we did the, we did the cup cupboard and we've done no others <laughs> because <laughs> it was so traumatic putting one of those things on. We were like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. He won't go through the cupboards. And every day he brings me biscuits. Uh, he's obsessed with biscuits because that's like the only word that he can say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think probably like that whole second child syndrome thing, I, he eats a lot more biscuits than I used to. Yeah. <laughs> I, used to be, I used to be a lot better at saying no. Yeah. And now I'm like, yeah, whatever. That's <laughs> fine. Just be happy. quiet for a minute. <laughs> Just sit down. If you're going to sit down and eat a biscuit peacefully, then that's absolutely fine. We've talked about Ivy being six, but how old's Harry? He, how old is he? He's, mm-hmm. um, uh, he was one in February, so I kind of lose track. He's just over 18 months. I feel like people always count. One of the things that drives me mad about mums, and this is no offence to mums, but when you ask somebody how old their baby is and they say something like 27 months, I don't know how old that is, <sighs> like straight away. I'm like, 20, 27, is that 12, 12, 24? I have to work that out. Like, yeah. if they're 27 months, they're two. They're two yeah. and a bit. Like, just say yeah. two and a bit. That's fine. So, just say two. Keep, that's all right. Yeah, two. Two's fine. Yeah. I, I don't say how old I am in months. Yeah, can you imagine? How old would that be? <laughs> Hang on, how many months? I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. Google is not my friend today. Uh, you like that one? Like, um, <laughs> all the premium content there for Harrison. <laughs> was that funny? Uh, it was it. You've been alive for 345 months. Actually, you know what? That's not as many as I thought it would be. No. It's still like, I wouldn't tell people that that's how old I am yeah can you imagine if you said oh how old are you oh well I'm uh I'm uh 386 lunar months but I'm actually 345 months I mean maybe I'll start doing it and I'll just see yeah. what happens <laughs> the thing is I'm so bad at maths People's reaction. I wouldn't be able to keep hold of keep track of it at all no I had no idea number me and numbers we're not friends no. me and words we're fine <laughs> me and numbers we're not we're not okay and <laughs> So when people say to me, how old is he? And they're like, oh, how old is he? Like, oh, he's one. And then they kind of look and they wait for me to say more. And I'm like, like, he's two in February. <laughs> I don't know how many months he is anymore because they get to 18 months and then I forget. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I get these mothers looking at me like, you are terrible. You're a terrible mother. You don't know how old your baby is. But it's just, you know, it's just a toddler. Like yeah. That's his age. His toddler age. Yeah. See, obviously really not related to a child, but Dexter is five months. <laughs> so he's still the month by month thing. Yeah. But when he's like, after he turns one. Oh yeah, when they're one, they're one. one. So were you, I don't really know this, but were you always one of those people that wanted to have kids? I did. I wouldn't say I was naturally maternal. 
Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't one of those that you thought, oh, she'll definitely be mum. Yeah. She'll have kids. And I was, because I worked, because obviously I didn't go to sixth form, did I? I went, I worked straight away when I was 16. Mm-hmm. And I think because I worked, I was, I was really career-minded. Okay, okay. Do you want banana? Yeah, or biscuits. Let me give you a biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> Parenting hack too. <laughs> biscuits. Banana won't last as long. That'll get thrown on the floor. Biscuit. That biscuit will get eaten. Biscuit. Come on then, lie down. Lie down. Sit down. <laughs> go and sit and eat your biscuit. That's it. Okay, go away. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> love you, bye. <laughs> that was like a, a perfect example. <laughs> Go and watch the telly and eat your biscuit. I could give you a hug, but you could just watch telly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I knew that like one day I, I want I would want to have kids. And then when I started doing like the events planning and wedding planning, I got so into like my career that it just kind of took a back seat. Mm. Um and I think in my head if I'd have had maybe like a, a goal, I would have probably had kids like early 30s. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't believe in setting time limits now, but back mm. then I would have said maybe like 30s. And obviously Ivy came along a bit of a surprise and I was only 21 when I got pregnant with her. So that was like a massive spanner in the works. But I feel like now I've had kids at the age I have, I'm glad I did. Like, I'm glad I did do it early. I'm glad that I'm this age with Ivy at the age she is. Because I think when she's, like, going to school, like, secondary school, I'll still be in my 30s. Be still quite a young mum. And I don't know why that, I don't know why that is important to me. But I just think it's nice that that I'll just be a bit younger. And it's, Mm. I mean, it's been difficult with her at primary school. And even nursery. Because I have always been surprisingly I have always been one of the youngest mums and I think because it seems to be that people are having babies just older now Mm. um people are waiting until mid-30s late 30s and when I go to school I'm one of the youngest so I like I definitely stick out because most of them are in their mid-30s and I think because I look so young (laughs) people people don't think that I'm almost 30 so I think there's like a teenager bringing their kids to school yeah, didn't you get ID'd for something the other day? Oh my god, yeah. What did I get ID'd for? Paracetamol, paracetamol. I tried to buy paracetamol at Morrison's and I went in and I did the self-service checkout. And funnily enough, I did think when I picked it up and I went over there, well, oh, I hope I didn't get ID'd because I don't have my ID. And I was like, no, it's paracetamol, it'll be fine. I'm almost 30 mm. and I scanned it. And then this, the woman had to come over and do the thing. And she looked at me for like too long. I was like, mm-hmm. oh no, oh no, please. And I was obviously giving it away with my face. I must have looked, looked shifty or something. Yeah, you're not good at keeping cool, <laughs> are you? I, know, I, know. I was probably like totally giving the game away. And she said, oh, have you got any idea? And I just didn't really know how to react. I was like, are you joking? Mm-hmm. She said, no, like, I need to see ID. It's this Think 25 thing. So I'm almost 30. Like, okay, um, I, I still need to see some ID. I'm like, oh, I've got a headache. Give me some paracetamol. So yeah, I didn't get served paracetamol. It wasn't even like 
Isn't alcohol. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had, I had, I think it's just Morrison's. I had the worst experience at Morrison's. This was like the beginning of the year. And I always have my ID because I know I look like a child. Yeah. So I just have it <laughs> and um, went to the self-server. The woman came over for the, for the wine and I had my ID out ready. And she was like, no. And I was like, what do you mean? No. <laughs> she was like, no this is this is illegal and I was like hang on wait have I missed something like I've literally just given you my ID and this bear in mind this woman had had ID'd me multiple multiple times before and she was like no it's illegal and I was like what's illegal she was like it's expired I can't accept it what don't be silly I was just like okay right well whether the license has expired or not that still shows my actual birth date on it like, do you want me to... It's still a valid... Well, it was a valid... Uh, it, like, like, yeah, it's not yeah, a counterfeit or something. Yeah, and I was like, well, okay, do you want me to show you that it, like, proved you it's me? Like, show you my cards with my name on it? Um, you know, do you want me to do this? And she was like, no, it's illegal. It's expired. Like, started shouting. So all these people and self-service were staring at me. Oh, wow. Going, it's expired. This is, a, oh, no. this is illegal. And I was just so humiliated. Oh, my gosh. And I don't ever say anything because I'm, I'm far yeah. too English, far too proper. Like, we'll never mm. say boo to a ghost. But I just, just like, curtsy and then walk away. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> curtsy and, like, back away. Thank you, Mum. <laughs> Thank you, lady. And I said, you've ID'd me so many times. And she was like, no, I haven't. I always check the date, blah, blah, blah pop had a go at me and um so I said well I think you're being a bit pathetic and but oh, wow. whatever that's fine and uh, that for me was like me saying I was so yeah. angry but I was keeping it all calm then on my way out because I just left it I was like well I don't care like I can I basically what happened was that my license had expired but I got the new one through I just hadn't put it in my wallet so I mm. was carrying around my old one because you get fined like 100 quid if you don't renew your license when it do you yeah. well, i didn't know that yeah so it's impossible for you to drive around without an, a valid license basically mm. and so i went to customer services to just complain about the way she'd spoken to me because everybody was watching me like i was some kind of child trying to buy alcohol and as i started trying to explain to the customer service lady she literally walked like walked over it's expired it's illegal don't be silly like shouting and i was so humiliated (laughs) i stood there just like i can't believe that you are talking to me like this she was like shall we call the police then shall we call the police because you're driving around with an expired license and i was just like I literally, I cannot cope. I, I, oh my God, tell you what, I, oh, I hate sent that. the worst angry letter ever. I was like, I am disappointed. I am disgusted because I get that they've got a job to do. However, mm. when I've given you a license, mm. and also, I, I know it doesn't prove much, but I've got wedding rings. I have to. Oh, have I always do it. I'm I always like, get my wedding ring out. I'm- Wedding ring. Look, stretch marks. Look, I've had kids. I'm old. I promise. <laughs> I'm starting to get wrinkles. <laughs> Look at these smile lines. They're terrible. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. But yeah, pain. it's so annoying. It's a curse. And everyone always says, oh, that's so nice. Yeah, I think I'm going to be one of these people who, like, I look young until I'm like 32. And then all of a sudden I'm going to wake up one day and I'm just 
going to look horrendous. Everything's <laughs> going to be wrinkled. Everything's going to be saggy. My boobs be on the floor. You'll wake up like the me. person out of uh, Monsters, Inc. <laughs> yeah. I'm Luke You haven't filed your paperwork. Luke Perry, do you still love me? <laughs> <laughs> that is me. That is me. I feel older. Like, I feel like I'm getting old already. Really? Like, my body is starting to say I can't do as much as I used to. I mean, it might be because I'm, like, really unfit. I don't know. <laughs> Possibly a mixture of the two. I don't know if it's because I was on my own with Ivy, so it was just me and her. It was, like, easier to implement things because it was just me making the decisions, you know? Yeah. So it was like, if I said no, that was it. It was no. I think with your second, I, th- I think you kind of want an easy life to some extent, but I don't think these little decisions that you make make that much of a difference at, in the long run. Like, Ivy's no different because I didn't let her eat chocolate until she was two. Like, that was one of my rules. So when when she was two, she was allowed to have, like, a couple of chocolate buttons and she's obsessed with chocolate now. Like, it made no difference. So I think you're just a little bit more laid back with the second because all the things that you think you'll do that will, like, ruin them, you know that it won't. You know, it, you know it's fine. How, because, so, yeah, Ivy, obviously, the um, Ivy's dad is not your current husband. Mm-hmm. So you've kind of had both experiences of raising a child pretty much and then raising a child with somebody else. Mm. Is there, has there been, has that been quite difficult to, to navigate? Because obviously you only had that experience, whereas your husband hadn't really. So when Harrison came along, it's different have you found have you found any it was hard to adjust to it was much harder than I thought it was going to be I think the strangest thing about having Harrison was I never felt like I had to share Ivy with anyone Mm. um she had like her grandparents that saw her a lot and like there were a lot of people involved but at the end of the day it was just me and her Mm. so what I said when and it it was just all that love it was really just me that felt it, you know? I was the one, the only person, really, in her life that looked after her, really. Mm. So it was, bit, it was strange to get used to with Harry because I felt like I was sharing him. Mm. And although, like, I met Luke when Ivy was 18 months. One. <laughs> she was one. <laughs> one a bit. <laughs> one a bit. So he was quite involved from very early on like it's all she's ever known she's never known anything but Luke Mm. so that was probably harder was kind of the adjustment of oh actually there's somebody else who wants to spend time with Ivy now and there's someone else who can make decisions on what she does and have an input and that was hard at first with Harrison I think because I'd had a bit of practice (laughs) with Ivy and and Luke together It was actually quite nice to share the responsibility, Hmm. Um, especially on the difficult days. It Hmm. was nice to just be able to say, he is your son, (laughs) like take him for 10 minutes or, and that was nice because I mean, obviously I got all the good bits with Ivy and that was nice. That was hard to share. I also got all the bad bits Hmm. and that was hard. So it wasn't until like at first it was it was weird 
like even when I gave birth to Harry, it was it was a bit strange having someone else that wanted to hold him and mm. cuddle him. And I was like, it was a bit strange because I thought, well, it's weird that you love him so much. Like, how can you love him so much? It just it felt really bizarre. But yeah, it 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 was then really nice to to have somebody else who could appreciate. I don't know that could love my child as much as I did. That was really nice. It just felt like it, it just felt right. But it, it didn't. It wouldn't take anything away from the early years with Ivy because, like I said, it was it was really special to just be me and her. So yeah, it was nice. It's nice to do it both ways. Mm. But like I said, with Harrison, it's been nice to share the bad days because oh, it is hard. You forget mm. how hard it is. I think it it all seems like such a blur at the beginning. There's a lot of the early Ivy days that I've kind of blocked out. Mm. And I don't know, I, I had quite bad postnatal depression after Ivy, but I didn't realise I did. Mm. Um, and so I kind of look back and people will say stuff to me like, oh, do you remember when Ivy used to do this? I'm like, no, I don't think she didn't, did she? Like, yes, yeah, she did. And like but some people, like, like they remember more than I do because... Mm. Some of the things I lived in a bit of a bubble for six months. So you kind of you kind of touched on it a little bit in terms of like the hard days and things. But what I think, and I don't know, you know, when you said oh, I wasn't didn't really want it to be me or account and stuff. Like you've been through issues with like having another child and and things like that. And you've what you've taken from it and what you've done from it as well like I don't know if you want to talk a bit about that well yeah so um yeah we've had problems we I think because it was so easy to get pregnant with Ivy well accidentally that I always kind of assumed like I remember the midwife saying to me um when I was pregnant with Ivy and it was all very scary and new and I didn't really know what was going on and she said you know if you've got any family history of miscarriage or ectopic pregnancies and I remember thinking God, I'm only 21. Like, why would I be having miscarriages? Or because in, I didn't know enough. Like in my head, that was like an older mum kind of thing. Mm. I was like, well, I don't need to worry about that. I I didn't really know a lot about it. I didn't know how easy it was to lose baby, and I didn't know how many people actually go through it. Mm. it, it I don't know. It's kind of it was it was something that I I don't know if I was a bit sheltered from it. My mum, she had a lot of miscarriages when I was younger, and so I think because of that. It was always kind of kept from us, like what it was and why it happened. And I think I just carried that into my adult life a little bit. Like I was a bit ignorant to it. I didn't really understand it. It was not something that I'd ever experienced. So I didn't really need to know about it. And then when I met Luke, I mean, in my head, I only ever wanted two children because I'm a family of two. So I think when I met Luke and like he's got a very big family, and I just, that's what I wanted. I thought that, that would be really nice. Like, I think as well, because of the way I felt about Luke, I, I kind of never wanted to put, I'm not about like definitive plans. I, I meet a lot of people that say, oh, I'll do this when I'm this age and then I'm, I'm going to do this. And my plan is then to do this. And I think if you plan life too much, you, you'd just be so disappointed when it doesn't happen. Like, I just think people plan too much. Um, I know that you have to be um, realistic about goals, but me and Luke kind of always agreed just what would be would be. And we just, you know, we'd never try for babies. We'd just see what happened and it'd be nice if we had kids and just have fun so trying. Had, 
yeah and yeah just <laughs> I didn't ever want to I mean I know like people obsess about like we're gonna have a baby now and then mm. that becomes their life and then it's the trackers and the you know they just become consumed by it and it's yeah we're trying for a baby so and I just never wanted to be that couple I just wanted to like you know if we get pregnant that's fine mm. um and then we so we were due to get married when did we get married in December 2016 and in the August I think it was August we found out we were pregnant the first time so that was um a bit of shock because we didn't expect it but equally like although it wasn't in our life plan like I think because of my experience with Ivy like Ivy was not in she was not I, I didn't ever think that was going to happen mm. and because it was almost so perfect like she changed my life for the better mm. and I thought actually you, whenever it happens it happens and it's fate like I, I believe in fate and I think that everything happens for a reason. Well, I like to think that everything happens for a reason. Um, and so we got pregnant and that was fine. And we were excited and I was going to be pregnant for the wedding, which wasn't ideal, but it was just one of those things. And then we, in the Oct end of October, we lost the baby. We had a miss miscarriage. And a miss miscarriage is when basically you think that the pregnancy is progressing, but you've actually, it's actually gone. A few weeks earlier mm -hmm. so I think I think I thought that we were 10 weeks and then when we had the scan it was it had only progressed to seven weeks so it, it was like it's just a mis miscarriage because you get no symptoms so I had absolutely no symptoms that I'd lost the baby um so that was oh god it was horrendous like I think because it was so unexpected like I said in my head how old was I 24 like 24 year olds don't have miscarriages like that's not <laughs> that doesn't happen and like you know I was with somebody and we were getting married and like we were we were allowed to have a baby so it just felt really unjust mm. um and we had we we got pregnant again <laughs> afterwards um on we found out on Christmas day so it was a couple of weeks after our wedding and um again in February on Valentine's Day we lost that baby um and it just seemed like it was just unbelievable it, it they, one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage and it, it, I never have believed that before but it's just so easy mm. uh, it just happens and it happens to so many people and it wasn't until I actually started speaking to people and Put, kind of putting my story out there and saying hey guys is this really bad things happened to me and actually I, I'd quite like to talk about it that if people were coming to me and saying I've been through the same thing and I'd never known so like it was people that I'd known for years and they'd never said anything because it was you know a bit taboo and they didn't want to talk about it and I just thought that's really strange there's such a like no wonder you kind of never assume it will happen to you because it's not really out there enough like people don't they don't want to talk about it mm. um, because both both miscarriages I didn't I wasn't entitled to any time off if you have a miscarriage before 24 weeks you're not entitled to any leave at all so you can't get any maternity leave or if, if you're after 24 weeks you can have full maternity leave so you can have the full uh, I don't know how many I think it's like 32 weeks or something 
but before 24 weeks you're not entitled to anything except for like statutory sick pay like you would if you were off ill Mm. and I just kind of thought it was wrong because like with the first one we have four days off and then I went back to work so it's like a long weekend I had off and it was horrible it really affected me it um that that first miscarriage stayed with me for a long time and I think it actually it's probably that one is the one that is still kind of in my head because I didn't have any reco- I didn't really have any recovery time mm. as well as like the physical um the physical change and the things you have to go through are not nice it's all the mental stuff like you don't deal with it mm. and you just kind of go right okay put that in a box back to work let's carry on next baby like you just keep you know it's just it's just bad and I think um at the time when after the second one um I was so annoyed <laughs> that I didn't get paid I because I was admitted to hospital for the second one because it was um it was really bad like I started hemorrhaging and it was quite traumatic um because I was in hospital and I had to have like a week a week and a half off I think I had 10 days off um and I didn't get paid anything I got nothing uh, so the next month, my pay like six hundred pound, and like we, you know, we had to live off this money. Mm. Um, we had to pay bills. It wasn't, and I just thought that's just so unfair. Like or everything that we've been through, and it's it's discre- It's obviously at employer's discretion, so they can pay you if they want to, but they don't have to. There's nothing legally that says they have to. So yeah, I did at the time. Um, I did a petition. I went on the radio. Nice spoke about it. It was really hard. Um, people, like, when you talk about baby loss and things, people say, oh, you're so brave and, you know, you're so strong. And I'm not. I'm not either of those things. But I just think there's so many people that go through it. That we need to get to a point where it's okay to just say to somebody, oh, you had a miscarriage, I had a miscarriage too. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it because that will make us feel better. You know? And I think it, 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 I'm not strong or brave or I just – want to talk about it because my therapy is talking and I think um even with like the clumsy mum Instagram stuff if I have a bad day there's something to like putting something out there and saying oh this has just happened and it's really bad and I'm really miserable because you kind of feel a bit better because you think actually someone's going to look at this and they're gonna like they've been there like it's going to ring bell like you know it's yeah I think it's it's nice it's it's like a community and it's just about like having a voice and so this like the petition I did um was for maternity pay or some kind of pay if you lose baby before 24 weeks um even if it was like a day you get paid a day Mm. a day or two or three you know just something I you know I was never asking to be paid for nine months and have nine months off because I don't know what I would have done for nine months without baby. But, you know, just something to say that actually it's, it's okay. Have you, have you looked into it as to why they've got that kind of rule? Is it because they like, why at 24, like after 24 weeks, is it, does it change? Why, why is it like that? It's, if you have a baby after 24 weeks, I believe you would get a birth certificate and a death certificate if you lost a baby after 24 weeks. Right. Before 24 weeks, um, 
it's just that's just the rule you you don't before 24 weeks that's kind of the the age they've put on it Mm. um and I always used to think like our oldest miscarriage or like the furthest we ever got was 12 weeks and that was really traumatic and like we'd had a you know we had a scan and it looked like a baby and I think Mm. if you got to 20 like if you got to 23 weeks and six days and you lost your baby you don't even get you don't even get a day off Mm. it'll be paid and that is horrendous like it, it it is it's almost it's not fair it's like you're kind of being told you know if you if you get to 24 weeks oh you're allowed to you're allowed to be sad now yeah, you've lost your baby. yeah I don't know it just it, it just doesn't feel right I mean any time that you lose a baby is is horrible mm. like I, I see so many things again kind of when you open yourself up to the world of Instagram you see a lot of sad stuff <laughs> a lot of people going through awful things and I think gosh that must be horrendous but it is like any age that you lose a baby you're, it's you're it's still a loss you know and um yeah the 24 weeks I think is bizarre but it, it seems quite a big jump for me that you go from having be, be entitled nothing to being entitled nine months off. Yeah, no, you know, it just... seems like a very big jump, a very big jump. I know that there was, um, there was an MP, uh, I think it was like last year, they were trying to bring about a motion to, um, to change the law around the 24 weeks. Um, I don't, I honestly, I don't know how, I don't know where that's got to now. I don't know with all the Brexit stuff, it's just been swallowed up. Or oh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> I do not fucking care anymore. <laughs> one of my one of my for like one of my foreign friends is like, oh, so like is like what's Bre- how is like how's the Brexit thing? Is everyone still really? And I was like, I don't think anyone gives a shit anymore. To no. be honest, everyone's just bored of it. Sorry, carry on. It is long. It's long. Like. I'm done. I don't understand it. Luke got home the other night and I was watching, um, do you know, like the day in parliament thing where they do the live, like, yeah. And everyone just like the live BBC news thing. And I was watching it and it was like nine o'clock and he got back from football and he walked in and I was like intent because sometimes I like to think I understand. I don't (laughs) understand. Politics is completely beyond me. You can, explain politics to me you could explain it with lego figures and i still i've got no idea what it's all about i don't mm. get it um so i was watching this like thing and luke was like oh i'm really impressed like you're watching you're watching parliament it's like yeah yeah look at this woman's hair like <laughs> i had no idea like literally anything could be happening i've got no idea it's beyond me my brother-in-law had like Boris Johnson did some like Facebook live or something on face like a parliament like the PM's questions or something. <laughs> my my brother-in-law commented on it just saying dad question mark. <laughs> and it's the funniest comment I've seen. He's got this screenshot of like Boris Johnson like and like <laughs> my brother-in-law saying dad. It's so funny. I shared it on Twitter just cuz I just thought this is just that's the only time we'll get involved in politics. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's something that. ridiculous, yeah. But, yeah, everything just seems to be swallowed by Brexit at the moment. It's really frustrating. Yeah. It's like our country can't 
step forward with anything mm. it just it's yeah completely monopolizing the news isn't it it's just mm-hmm. um when you don't understand something <laughs> i kind of switch off to it um but yeah there was something they they were trying to pass a law um and i think but i i think to start tommy's are doing a good thing at the moment because they've just launched a campaign um an ad campaign and it's i think it's hashtag why me um and it it's really good like everyone's been talking about it it's been shared loads i think like that is so important like the awareness Mm -hmm. because i think people are starting to it's becoming more well known really like people know more about miscarriage and baby loss stuff now and also i it might just be me but it seems that people that I know have been sharing it a bit more and I don't know people like getting involved in the conversation and I think that's really important I think before a change can be made people need to be addressing it you know if it's still a really taboo thing you can't expect people to be shouting from the rooftops you know for these people if if no one will talk about what they've been through or you know people kind of need to fight for it and that's why I did last year because I thought it made me kind of feel better I think with all my with all my I've lost three babies now because we lost one this year and the main thing and this is just a coping mechanism for me I have to have a reason and I have to get something good has to come from it Mm. so with the first one kind of the wedding was the justification for it for me because I thought right well you know we're getting married in December so I can put my full focus into the wedding and that's going to distract me and blah 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 and it kind of felt like okay we didn't have a baby now but actually we've got married and we Mm. concentrated on getting married and that was the thing that we did and then we you know once we're married we try again and it kind of that justified it for me the second one I needed to feel better about it I needed to feel there was a reason so I set up this petition and I thought yeah I'm going to get out there I'm going to talk about it I'm going to start an Instagram I'm going to you know get the message out there and there was a reason for it then like it felt like okay this is this is okay because actually I'm something good is coming from it like I'm starting the conversation and that's good. And that makes me feel better if there's a reason. Um, I think that's probably why I struggled as much with the third one, because to me, the reason hasn't come yet. You know, mm. I've not found it yet. And I, I'm hoping that it, it will come, but it, it's, this one seems probably the most unfair because nothing has come from it yet. So that's kind of that was my coping mechanism was you know I'm going to really do something good something good's going to come out of this and having said that you know I'm on my clumsy mum I I talk about miscarriage a lot I talk about it quite openly I talk to people that I know about it you know I'm not I think probably the worst thing is when people tiptoe around me Mm. I think that that makes me feel like yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I I don't want to. I don't know how. I guess it makes me feel vulnerable. Mm. And actually, um, 
you know, I, I've dealt with the miscarriage, the most recent, well, all of them, and I'm okay, and I want to talk about it, you know. So people, a lot of people tiptoe. Um, you know, people have not told me about them being pregnant because they're worried about how they react, and, you know, I, that makes, that's worse for me because then yeah. I think, oh, well, I'm different then, you know. Yeah. You can't tell me because it, it it's hard. That's That's what's hard about talking about it. You know, if you never tell anybody, then... Nobody ever treats you any different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> people don't know. Equally, though, in talking about it, I've had people contact me that there's a couple of people who've messaged me on Facebook and said, you know, this has happened. What what can I do? And it's actually, it's really nice because there's people that have contacted me that maybe haven't even told their family and friends mm. what's happened to them, but they feel like because I'm sharing my story, they can kind of share theirs. Yeah. And I think that's, oh, it's so important. I just think like women need to like empower each other and just start the conversation. Mm. Even like, you know, if you're having a tough time, like me and Luke have made no secret in the fact that we, we aren't trying for a baby. We're just not, we're not not trying, you know, yeah. like it's just see what happens. Having said that, we got pregnant so easily the first, well, three times, like the two miscarriages and then Harrison. It was so easy that there is a little voice in my head that's like, God, it's, why hasn't it happened again yet? You know, it was so easy the first three times. And that's something that I like to talk about because there's people that have fertility struggles and I mean that must just be horrendous like the world of fertility and baby loss and it's all it's so complex but you know all these women they're you're all feeling we all feel the same it's it's so hard but it's just so good to have a voice and be able to talk to somebody about it and even if it is like a an Instagram thing, just being able to vent and say exactly how you feel, mm. have people support you, you know, it's 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 so important. So, I think I think there's definitely been, and I don't know if it is just because I mean on Instagram, I don't know if it's algorithms or what, but once you have, follow a few accounts and with a certain theme or whatever, then more will pop up and things yeah. Like that. But I know that even if you look at, at like what five years ago if mental health was like a really really big taboo topic oh yeah and like it was just not talked about and and over the last few years that 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 world has completely changed and it is such you know that there's there's still a taboo aspect of it but Mm. there is also a lot of people talking about mental health um oh that's yeah it's so good and I think that it it does feel like you know fertility issues um baby loss and and that kind of thing that that is starting to be like people like you are coming out and saying you know this has happened to me mm. this is my experience and i think it's really important because like you said if if you don't know of anybody that's been through it or you haven't experience like experience that you just think that it's you're the only one yeah whenever you don't talk about something you create a 
inner sense of guilt or shame. Yeah. Mm. And that's like the last thing you want to do mm. with anything that you really deeply care about or that deeply affects you. Um, and like celebrities and everything, like people are, like you said about um, Shag Married Annoyed, like Rosie Ramsey, she went on telly and she spoke about a miscarriage and she doesn't talk about it a lot on her stories and stuff, but she does. And mm. she says when she's having a bad day mm. and like with mental health, like, you know, all that, it's okay not to be okay. And it, that is becoming a lot more kind of accepted. Mm. And I think it's so good that, you know, people can, you can say, you feel more confident in saying, actually, today's a really bad day. I'm really mm. struggling. But, you know, I know that that's all right because tomorrow might be better. And when you know that someone else is going through it, I think for me, when I see a statistic, because when you have a miscarriage, you just get thrown statistics. Like, all, all the medical, um, like, all the doctors and all the nurses we saw say, oh, you know, it happens to one in four. And they try and give you these statistics, like, that makes it okay, you know? Mm. Oh, it's okay, because, you know, loads of people go through this. and But they're just a number on a page. Like, I've, I don't know anyone. I mean, if you don't know anyone that's been through it, you don't really believe it. You're like, no, like this is, this is just me. Like this is, you're just trying to make me feel better, but there's something wrong with me. Mm. And then when you do, when you reach out and you go on these pages and you, when I said the petition, I was amazed by all the comments that I got. It was ridiculous. I got hundreds of comments in a couple of weeks of people like, this definitely has to happen. This, you know, I had 12 miscarriages and like all of these like really sad stories and in a way it kind of does make you feel better mm. this is when you put you know when you actually put a face to it that's what's important you know when when you just hear the numbers oh this many people have been through it and I think it's the same with mental health when you put a face to it it kind of becomes okay because actually oh that that's a person a real person mm. and they're struggling too and they look like a person that's got it all together, but they obviously haven't. And like, that is so important. And like when, when I started after I had Ivy and this was what, like six years ago, that's when all my panic attacks started. And I had absolutely no idea what it was. And mm -hmm. it wasn't as broadcast then. And it wasn't as out there. And it is, anxiety is so much more known now. And I think yeah. even in the last couple of years, that it's really like, it's become something that's okay, you know, it's accepted. And when I first had my first panic attack, honestly, I thought it was dying. And I thought, there's something seriously wrong with me. What if, you know, what if they think I'm crazy and they get involved? And so I just didn't really tell anybody. So I was dealing with all of this stuff that was going on in my head and all these panic attacks. And you know, I mean, you know, like, the, you know, the loss of control that you have mm -hmm. with anxiety it was so frightening and I couldn't tell anybody. And when I met Luke and I kind of told him about it and I thought, oh, he's going to think I'm, he's going to think I'm crazy. Like, he's going to think, oh, who's this crazy girl that, that I've met? And actually he, it was, it was fine. And he kind of understood it and he sympathized. And if I was having a bad day or if I was having a panic about something, I didn't know what, he was okay about it. This is obviously okay. And then mm -hmm. it became, then I was seeing it on social media and I, you know, my friends were saying, oh, you know, I had a panic attack. I was like, oh, 
I've had one of those. Like, you know, it was then a problem shared is problem halved, isn't it? Like, that's yeah. what they say. And it is. It, oh, God, it is. It's so good to be able to talk about things. And, and to have someone there as well. Like, I, I don't know how what Luke's like, but Alan is... Alan's not the best with emotions at all. <laughs> like... <laughs> he's he's it's all in there just never really shows and he does because he's never really he'd never really been with anybody that had anxiety or whatever and I remember when we first started dating um or we just no we just first moved in together actually and I had this awful panic attack and my panic attacks were like really physical so I'd mm. get really hot and sweaty and like mm. be sick most of the time and like it was awful and I remember that I was just, I, this isn't funny, I don't know why I'm laughing, but <laughs> lying up, upstairs on the floor, completely naked, because I'd, I'd basically stripped all my clothes off because I was like so hot and sweaty and panicking and just like plonked myself down on the floor and it was in the fetal position, completely naked. And I was like <laughs> trying to breathe, like, <sighs> and Alan like kind of creeped up the stairs and was like, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, I can't breathe. I'm having a panic attack. And he was like, okay. Like, no, I know what to do. But he just, him, like, he just, he took me out of that. Like, because I was in the in the proper state of, I'm going to die. I'm going to yeah. die. Oh, just kind of his face just popping up over the stairs. Like, <laughs> okay. Just kind of broke me out of it. <laughs> Oh no! Like having somebody there is, it's very different. Mm. Um, I mean, I've got health anxiety, so I obviously I convince I'm dying every day. Mm. You know, anything that happens to me, I'm, I'm going to die. Mm. And I kind of joke about it, and that's the way I deal with it. Yeah, I, I, because we joke about it. So like Luke takes the mic out of me because I stubbed my toe, and I'm about to drop dead. Like we've made it a funny thing you know we've put a clown face on it and it's i can deal with it when it's got a clown face so yeah. it is it's nice it is good to have someone around um i used to have after i had um the second miscarriages the second miscarriage because it was, it was horrible it was so traumatic and the way that that started was i woke up at three o'clock in the morning and i stood up to get out of bed and i just started bleeding a lot and I was on the toilet and I was bleeding a lot and it just wouldn't stop. And so, for, oh, I don't even know for how long, a few months, probably two or three months, I was waking up at three o'clock with a panic attack mm. because it was, it, it was just, that was the time and it, I thought it was happening again. Yeah. And my panic is, it's my heart. So I become really aware of my heart and then it feels like, you know, it gets, goes really fast. And I remember the first time it happened, I didn't know what was happening because I'd never had a panic attack in the night. And it was like literally as soon as I woke, it started. So I didn't even have time to kind of adjust yeah. like what's going on. Oh, oh no, I'm feeling, I didn't, I couldn't recognize it. And obviously if it happens in the day, I can recognize it and I, you know, I can deal with it better. But I just had absolutely no defense. And I remember waking, waking Luke up and he was kind of sleepy and, I, at one point I had my head out the window because I, I just thought I need air like I need to be as far out the window as I can because I need air and I remember Luke kind of sitting me down and he switched the light on he took my pulse because I, I said like my heart's racing I'm going to ask you to toss my heart's racing 
and he sat me down, he took my pulse, and I have no idea what that pulse reading was. He probably lied, but he said, because he used to be a personal trainer, and I think he knows about bodies and stuff, he said, your, your, your pulse is fast, but you're fine. So you just need to just try and breathe. I'll go and get you some water, and your pulse is fine. He said, so it feels fast to you, but I've just felt it, and I'm not worried. And if I was worried, I'd take you to hospital. And I'm not taking you to hospital, so don't worry. And I think him just saying that, that was enough for me to come down from it. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. He thinks I'm okay. Oh, he thinks I'm okay. Oh, maybe I'm not dying. So even just him saying that was enough, you yeah. know? So it is having someone there is good. And even having someone to talk to. Like, I was on my own when I had my first panic attack. And I remember being sat at some traffic lights. And I could feel the fight or flight starting and it was that sweaty I started getting sweaty and hot and I was really trying to breathe and Ivy was in a car seat in the back and I was on Eastern Avenue I was trying to um the lights were on red and I couldn't cope with the lights being on red because I had to go and I was like oh and I felt I honestly thought I was going to get out of the car and run away that's how I felt and I've never felt as it's never been as strong as that before and Ivy was in the car, so, like, that was making it even worse. Mm. And I rang my mum because I just rang it on a hands-free and I just thought, I've got, I need to hear a voice. I need to know that somebody is there. Mm. And I just said, I, I didn't say hello, I didn't say anything. I just said, tell me something. She's like, I, what? I said, just tell me something, anything, just tell me anything. What are you doing right now? She's like, oh, um, okay. Well, I'm, I'm just making a cup of tea and I've just, uh, and just that was enough for me to just get through the green light. Like it, it, sometimes it's just something to break the cycle, isn't it? You, you just need something to just kind of interrupt your thoughts for one minute. So you just have a bit of normality. Mm. And so, yeah, it's, um, that's why when you talk about it and when you tell people, actually, I have this thing where sometimes I panic and, you know, you'll, you'll have to deal with that potentially. Yeah. And it's good, you know, it's good to be honest with people and if they know what you're dealing with. I told someone at work once and I was about to go into a meeting and I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to go into the meeting and I stood behind reception and I was just freaking out and I was shaking and I was hot and I thought I was going to collapse. And this girl just came over and said, don't worry, I'll go and do it for you. I was like, oh. And she said, yeah, don't worry, I'll do it. Like, you just go and sit down. Because she knew what was going on. And I thought, God, this is good. Like, this is nice to just have someone relieve the burden a little bit. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think there's, there's some bad things to, like, social media. And, like, obviously the media and the press, they, they create trouble sometimes. Um and not everything you see on social media is good, but I think the sharing element of it and the kind of me too thing, I think it's really, that's so important. Like it's mm. such a good thing to have. I think we're kind of lucky to some extent in like the era that we live in, that we have access to all of this, you know? Yeah. We, we can share things and like I always whenever I'm having a bad day I always think like god 100 years ago 
no, you wouldn't have even been able to ring somebody and tell them, oh, it's horrible, things happen to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And now you can just, I can just go on Instagram and rant on my story and I get 10 people message me and go, oh, God, it happened to me yesterday. Yeah. And instantly I feel like, oh, I feel better. So, you know, it, it's, it's nice to just have a bit of a support network. Yeah. Um, it's it definitely has changed and i think that i've said this a few times but like the whole landscape of it's changed so much since we were teenagers because i mean i Mm. remember when we were buzzing because we all had a different color we like we had we all had different color ipods and sit on the bus together and we'd all have our ipods but we'd all have the same song on it and we'd <laughs> count, we'd go three, two, one, and then put the song back to the start. So we'd all be listening to the same song at the same time on our iPods. Like, obviously. <laughs> like that, and, and back then, you know, can you, can you imagine if somebody would have been like, oh, you could share this with, share this song with somebody in like... Oh, I know. Mental. And I, just be like, no. Well, like the days of like Bebo, you know. <laughs> Bebo I'm so being, gutted like, the most I lost my Bebo account oh I mean there were some gems on there absolute gems I mean I'm half gutted half quite pleased really because there's probably a lot of uh, blackmail material on there mm. but yeah it is funny even to see how far it's come since like we were teenagers yeah. it has changed so much yeah and um, and everyone like you know everyone's on it aren't they like everybody it's reachable now mm. and it's not like it's been nice in terms of like school friends and stuff there were people that I'd lost touch with that I've reconnected with and only because of social media really mm. like if I didn't have you know life just gets in the way doesn't it yeah. of, like you make these plans and life gets in the way and then it, it just it's really hard to connect with people and stay in touch. And um, there's Facebook has kind of got me together with people. And it's really nice. Mm. People that are going through the same thing, like people that have just had babies. And, you know, it's not, it's really nice to be able to reconnect. And it is, uh, it's a bit scary how much stuff you share <laughs> on social media. But it is, um, there are good things to it. And I think the whole, community aspect of it is so nice um especially when you're dealing with stuff like you just need you need somebody there so um well i played this a couple of times on our on the podcast and it's i usually have people that are just too happy to ever come up with anything um (laughs) and it makes me feel like a proper scrooge but i'm going to introduce reintroduce (laughs) and this is going to work um a i'm so over segment oh gosh um so over i'm over so many things though <laughs> you've you've found the right and the wrong person <laughs> that is uh that's all that's all me <laughs> yeah so for those of you that haven't listened to the podcast before <laughs> i'm so over basically it is the opportunity for us to get on our soapboxes and just <laughs> Tell everybody what we are so over. We've had, well, it's mostly been me. I've had many things that I've been over. Um, but I'm introducing it again this week. And um, have you been able to come up with something, Jess? Have you thought of an I'm so um, over? I mean, even from this conversation, I'm so over perfect mums. 
it's not perfect. So shut up. Like, there's nothing perfect about being a mum. So I'm, I'm pregnant, like pregnant people that claim that it's just all roses and they have the perfect pregnancy. No, you're not. We all know that you're wearing incontinence pants. Like, don't lie. <laughs> it's okay to not be perfect. Um, so I'm over that. Um, I'm over, like, people who... Okay, it's all kind of baby-related. People who have babies and then, you know, they're in their size 8 jeans, like, a few days later. I'm over that. That's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think my biggest thing is like it's okay to struggle sometimes and people pretend that they don't and people pretend that they don't have bad days mm. and everyone has bad days. Um, so that is probably like that's the worst thing about social media and Instagram and it can make you feel a little bit um, inadequate at times. Because you're looking um, at everyone's highlight reels. Oh, yeah. Like, you're looking at all the good stuff. But I think you just kind of have to take it with a pinch of salt. But I, it, now I'm at the point where, like, I laugh about it. But I think a few years ago, it would have really bothered me. Like, when I was mm. on my own with Ivy and it was really hard. And if I was seeing all this stuff, like, all this perfect mum stuff and perfectly timed photo and that would have really got to me because I would have thought, God, what am I doing wrong? You know? That made me, when you said the perfect time photo, it made me laugh because uh, there's, um, there's so many accounts out there and I, I will, I will applaud them. They get their, they, it's like the Insta husband craze. And like my friend oh, Kelly, yeah. her husband can do, do this brilliantly. And Alan and I were out on a walk and I was like, Oh, just take a picture of me and Dexter take a nice photo of us and he was like oh and I was like look Kelly's husband he pictures <laughs> for her for her Instagram Can you just please take one from the team and take a photo of us and so he took a photo and I was like this is terrible I was like this is a photo I can't use this and he was like well that's the best you're getting and I was like oh Kelly's husband would be able to have a really good photo. <laughs> No, do you know what? That does drive me mad because I always say to Luke, like, I think, like, women tend to take more photos, don't they? Yeah. So I'm always taking, like, cute photos of Luke and the kids. Mm -hmm. And like, they'll do something cute and I'm like, oh, that's so lush. Oh, that's such a lush photo. But it's never done for me. And I'm no. like, oh, oh, Luke, look at this cute thing that I'm doing. Like, maybe you should take a photo. Yeah. Like, no, because photos should be natural. I'm like, no, because you never take them. You never take natural photos. And I think probably the most natural photo he's got of me is me on the toilet, which was a few weeks ago. And I was like, okay, you've got this opportunity to take lovely photos of me with the kids and, like, yeah. on dog walks and, you know, doing really, like, nice things, making cakes and stuff. But you take a photo of me on the toilet. Like, that's your kind of natural Insta pose. Um, <laughs> yeah I guess maybe some of it is jealousy like maybe I want to be perfectly Instagrammable but I think that's probably the beauty of um me and my life is that I kind of accept and I think it's something that I kind of had to do when when I had Ivy and it kind of changed my perception of what my life was going to be I just kind of had to accept everything for how it was and I, I think I kind of embrace that as my life like when something happens and it's bad and just kind of go, yeah, you know what, yeah, that's my life, that's what happens. And that, it kind of makes it okay. Yeah. And 
yeah, I'm definitely never going to be the perfect Instagram uh, model and neither are my children because they're usually getting into trouble. But it is, um, you see a lot of it and it's in your face a lot. And I think it, um, people need to be just a bit more real sometimes. Yeah, a bit I think more can, authentic. Yeah, I think you can be, you're more relatable when you're actually, you know, being, when it's truth. Yeah, when you, it needs to be, with me it's warts and all and I think like Lucas said before you're more vulnerable if you're exposing everything like in one way these people that have got the perfect accounts and the perfect lives on Instagram they're kind of keeping everything else a mystery and then I guess it is just a bit of a persona that they create and it's you know but I just think sometimes that can probably overlap like you become so obsessed with creating this perfect person in another world that actually you probably like affects the way you are yeah in normal life um I'm just imperfect on Instagram and in real life I just my life is chaos but it's all very entertaining I mean never a dull moment (laughs) I remember the days when I used to come home and have like two-hour nap after work and then I used to like just do whatever I wanted. Could be like go for a drink with somebody, or and now I mean, this child doesn't stop. <laughs> I mean, right now, just to give you some context. So I've basically run around the house after this child this whole time that we've been talking. Yeah, Jess hasn't he is stopped. Now. I literally <laughs> have now. a tour of her whole house. <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately, my six-year-old. So obviously, this is like a mum-dad thing. We bought Ivy a new bed for her birthday. I decorated her room and I like redid it all. And we bought a new bed and we bought a cabin bed, like a midway one. And I said to Luke, we need to get the one with the desk because like that would be really good. Like she can do her homework, she can do her reading, blah, blah, blah. But there was a bed with a slide. <laughs> and he was like, no, no, get the one with the slide. Desks are boring. Quotes, desks are boring. Unfortunately, Harry can climb up the slide because obviously we've got the bed slide now which is an absolute nightmare so he spends most of his time on his sister's bed bed, which is a cabin bed which gives me a heart attack every time he goes on it so I just spend my life just chasing him around while he just does naughty things (laughs) it's a good job he's cute because it is a good job he's cute he's such a toe that is mother nature like the naughtiest ones are the cutest. Yeah. That is a fact. Because yeah. you can't be mad at them because they're too cute. I'm so exactly the same with Dexter. He was he had he had he's got this habit at the moment of whenever we're out he's fine when we're in the house, but the minute we go outside, De- just in case you don't know my life, Dexter is a dog, not a, not a child. Because um, <laughs> otherwise this next bit's gonna get real weird. Um, but whenever we go outside in the mornings, he'll like pick up stuff that he just shouldn't be running around with in his mouth, mm. like a comb with a really sharp spike on the end. Um, he ruined my glasses the other day. He ate my glasses. And then this morning he found a cider can. Wow. Yeah. And was just like running around the the park with it. And I was like, you literally look like a tramp dog. (laughs) That's cute because you're not looking, not showing me up as a good mother here. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. They're definitely cute for a reason. Definitely avoid the cute ones. But then I, I think that with men as well, yeah, that's, that is, that's a life lesson. 
Like, avoid the cute ones. Cute ones are the worst. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Although, well, yeah. Although I don't think our husbands would be, be able to... No, with the exception. I don't know. Our husbands are not cute. I wouldn't say that Luke's cute. He's more, you know, manly and... Rugged. Handsome. He's <laughs> <laughs> got that fairy tale charm. Those ones are fine. The Prince yeah. Charmings are fine. Just yeah. not the cute ones. <laughs> right, well, thank you so much for giving us a little bit of an insight into you and your life. Babbling today. on for Babbling on. <laughs> forever. Um, <laughs> I'll post all your links and everything in the show notes. So if mm-hmm. you guys um, want to follow Jess and have a bit more of an insight and also check out her really cute little children, because they are, then I'll pop them in the show notes. And yeah, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.